This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. So tonight I'm so excited about this message. I mean, Apostle Thea just just laid this amazing foundation for this teaching tonight. And I believe God is going to be doing mighty things in our hearts. Amen. And we just want to say thank you to Apostle Thea and Dr. Bev, as we always do. I'm always so humbled to be able to stand behind this pulpit and that he allows me the freedom to share this message with you. So can we just pray? Father, we just thank you for your amazing love. We thank you, Father, for your presence, for your spirit that's hovering in this house tonight, Father. We come, Lord, with hearts of anticipation to receive that which you have for each and every one of us individually. Thank you, Father God, that our lives are changed as we hear your word, Father. Thank you, Lord God, that you take this word as seed into good soil of our hearts. And thank you, Father God, that it would grow into a mighty harvest that many others may receive from that in Jesus' mighty name. And devil, I bind you in the name of Jesus. You will not hinder or rest one single person yet tonight. And God will have his way. Holy Spirit, have your way in this place in Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen. Praise God. Well, for me tonight, I'm actually teaching part two of how to, sorry, let me just find my place, of how to turn your faith loose. And we're really going to want to take this up a notch. I want to give you just a little bit of background about what we covered last week. And we had a look at Romans chapter 10 and verse 10. You'll remember that kind of our key scripture. It says, for with the heart, one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. And notice that this verse says that confession is made unto. And Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty three again, a key scripture we've been looking at. I'm not gonna read the whole thing. It says, whoever says, carries on and says, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things which he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. So you can always tell if a person is believing right by what he is saying, because if his confession is wrong, <laughs> right, then he's thinking, he's believing is wrong. And if he's believing is wrong, right, then his thinking is wrong. And if his thinking is wrong, it's because our minds need to be renewed according to the word of God. Now, these three things always go together, the believing and the thinking and the speaking, and God has actually given us this word to straighten out our thinking so that we can think according to his word, we can believe according to his word, and therefore we speak according to his word. And we just need to be really careful that we never oppose God's word and side against God's word. You see, God only moves in line with his word. I mean, the Bible says that God is magnified, he's magnified his word above his name. Apostle Theo shared that with us this morning in Psalm 138 and verse two. So how can we possibly ever think that we're gonna receive anything from God if it is not in line with his word? And sometimes we unconsciously, or maybe because of lack of knowledge, we may say things which actually do not line up with the word of God. And family, here's the thing, you know, we should reverence God's word as if Jesus was right here in the room because Jesus is the living word. I'm not talking about the pages and the ink. I'm actually not even talking about reverencing the book. 
I'm talking about reverencing the words that are written in the book. Amen? You know, there was a, a, a situation here in America some years ago where they had this, what we would call a celebration. And after the first night, um, a, a pastor that was attending the celebration phoned the hosting pastor and complained about the, the teacher, the preaching that they'd had the previous night. And I mean, the hosting pastor said, but you know, I don't really get it because I was there. I mean, I've been in ministry for a while and I checked every single thing that this man spoke about is in the Word. And this, this host, this attending pastor said, listen, I'm telling you, I have been preaching for 20 years and I have done it my way and right or wrong and Bible or no Bible, I am gonna carry on doing it my way. How scary is that? I'm so grateful for our pastors who have always taught us only ever the word of God. Because you know, family, what a responsibility to know that this person can affect other people. And let's understand, you know, God will put up with a certain amount of unbelief to a point, especially in baby Christians. But when we, as Christians, when we come into the knowledge of the truth, God expects us to grow up spiritually and walk in the light of God's truth. Amen. There's another pastor also that said this. He says, I want everyone to know that I believe every single word that is written in the Bible starts out fine, right? And then he says, actually, in the last 25 years, I have not changed one bit. <laughs> now, you know what? It is important that we have sound doctrine. And once again, I'm so appreciative to Apostle C and Dr. Bev because they have given us sound doctrine. But family, surely every day when we read this word, we get new revelation, new knowledge, new faith. We grow day by day. So I'm gonna give you tonight three points that I wanna share with you. And we're gonna unpack all of them a little bit. So if you like to take notes, you're gonna love this. Because my first point is this, is we're gonna speak a little bit again about confession. But tonight I wanna talk about in terms of affirming, testifying and witnessing. I think so far we've been speaking about where we speak over our lives in order to receive that which we require of God. It is time that we step out of the boat a little bit, amen? So we spoke about it, thinking, believing, confessing, all go together. And we spoke a bit about confession last week. And you know, sometimes when we speak about confession, we kind of think about this, Father, forgive me for I have sinned. <laughs> Now, while there's place for that in the, in the Word, there's a lot more about speaking in line with God's Word. Amen. Confession, we've learned, say, listen to me carefully, this is important. It's stating something we believe. It's declaring something we know to be true, and it's proclaiming a truth we have accepted wholeheartedly. Our confession really has got a center around some truths that Pastor Johnny shared with us last week, but I'd like to just go through them pretty quickly right now. The first one is, is what God has done for us through Christ in His plan of salvation. The second one is what God has done in us by the Word and the Holy Spirit in the new birth and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. The third one is, is who we are to God the Father in Christ Jesus. Number four is what Jesus is presently doing for us at the right hand of the Father, ever making intercession for us, family. 
And the one I really want to focus on tonight is number five, and that is what God can accomplish through us and what His Word can accomplish through us as we proclaim it. So my point 1A, okay, is God works through believers to confirm His Word. Let's understand that we are carriers of the Word of God. And Jesus said in Matthew 28 verse 19, He said, go teach. He's actually commanded us to go and teach the Word. And if we are carrying God's Word and we're not teaching it, we're not obeying God's Word, family. Amen. And here's the thing, you know, I really believe, for example, that it's important that we pray for people to be saved. Amen. But let me say this. Somebody's got a witness to them. They will only get born again when somebody tells them what the Bible says. And that's the reason we encourage you to bring people to church, because this is where we find freedom. This is where we get to know God. This is where we discover our purpose, family. This is where we can make a difference. So it's people need, let me say it this way. And if we could just pray people to come into the kingdom, Pastor we wouldn't need missionaries all over the world. We could just pray, and all the heathen would just come in. Wouldn't that be great? Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew, in Mark 16. Okay, not going to mess me around tonight. Mark 16 from verse 15. This is just before Jesus rose, okay? Or rather, was resurrected. His final words to us, his disciples. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Even if you think that's a creature, go and preach to it. Verse 16 says, And he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Verse 17, these signs will follow the fivefold ministry only. Is that what it says? These signs shall follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Verse 20 says, and they went out and preached the gospel of the word everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the words to accompanying signs, family. What did, God, what, did, what did God do when the disciples preached the word? He confirmed it with signs and wonders. All we have to do, our part, is simply to preach the word, to share the word of God with others. We don't have to follow the signs. The signs follow the word. When we preach the word, the signs will follow. Now, the signs are not following. We have to say, am I actually preaching the word? Just a question. Right, number one B, confession is witnessing to what we know. So we've learned already that we can't witness about things that we don't know. So we witness about what we personally know about Jesus and who we are in him. And the first thing we need to be is be born again, because you can't know Jesus unless you are born again. There are people who are Christians, family, who are not very successful as Christians. And I'll tell you why, because we need to know what we have in Christ. We need to know who we are in Him. When we know who we are in Him and we start thinking in line with that and believe and confess that, family, then we cannot fail. Here's the thing, you know, if we, we're just going through this word, and I really encourage you to do this, go through the New Testament and just find these phrases, in Him, in Christ, in whom, 
find all of those things and start speaking those scriptures over your life because that is who you are as a born-again Christian. And here's the thing, when we start doing that, we're gonna think, oh, it just sounds like crazy. Is that who I am? But I want you to know that God is not a liar and something's gonna change and it's not gonna be God. Amen, family? And this is how we start believing and how we start growing spiritually as to where, we, where God wants us to be. Let me put it another way. It's affirming, it's testifying, and witnessing to the truth that we know of God's word that counts. It is, family, it's our confession that's gonna put us over, and that's what's gonna cause us to succeed in our spiritual life and our spiritual growth. Once he has confessed our rights and privileges in Christ. Now, here's the thing. There are, those scriptures are amazing, but there are so many more in addition to that that speak of our rights and privileges as born-again Christians. I'm gonna give you just a few, but honestly, if you look, especially in the epistles, there are so many. In Colossians 1 verse 13, it says, who has delivered us from the power or the authority of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Now the word who in this verse refers to God. You see, it's in Christ that we have been delivered out of the power or the authority of darkness. In 1 John 4 and verse 4, it says, you are of God, little children. You have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. In the Old Testament in Isaiah 41 verse 10, it says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Romans 8 31, it says, What shall we say of these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? I mean, family, these are personal messages that God has given to each one of us. And what an amazing thing. I mean, God didn't just say, fear not. He said, because I am with you. And that's in the Old Testament. I mean, he didn't say, you know, he said, I am for you in the New Testament. He said, I am in you. What's, what better reason is there not ever to be afraid? And sometimes, you know, we try and encourage people and we'll say something like, well, you know, the darkest part of the night is just before the dawn. Or don't worry, everything's going to be fine tomorrow. Why don't we just say to them, the best reason ever, God is with you. God is in you. God is for you. God didn't just say, fear not. He said, fear not for I am with you. And somebody says, well, you know, I, I just, you don't understand. You know, I just, I'm so weak. Well, we just read it in Isaiah 41, 10. He says, but I will strengthen you. Someone else says, but, but you don't understand. You know, I just feel so helpless. Well, you just read it, heard it now. Verse 10, same thing. I will uphold you. Family, he's covered everything. How great is his love. And let me tell you this, that, great, that love is the greatest gift that he has given to us, but also to go through us. We are conduits of his love. And sometimes I think the greatest help that we can give to anybody is just for them to know that we genuinely, sincerely love them that we are interested in them. There's actually a, um, an article in a medical magazine, and it says this, it says there are two things that the old sort of country doctors, as we would call them, have that you don't really see that much 
in the medical profession anymore. And that is simply that they had genuine love and consideration for their patients. And this man says, these two qualities are actually the greatest healing agents that they are. They are. And if you consider that in the physical realm, how important that is, just as important in the spiritual realm. It's so important, family, that we, we always speak positively, preach from a positive point of view and not a negative point of view. In other words, that we preach for something and not against something. I'm so glad God is for us. I'm so glad God is in us. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And maybe maybe you, maybe somebody you know is, is facing this task that just seems to be completely impossible. I want you to know tonight, we serve the God of the impossible. There is nothing that is too big for him. He is family, the master of all creation and he is in us. We can face fearlessly anything that may come because if we just speak it out, that greater is he that is in us and he that is in the world and that spirit will just rise up big inside of us. And I wanna tell you something, that thing will look like a molehill because God will give us the courage if we can't go around it, we'll go through it. But he will be with us. Amen. One D is this, that there is no faith without confession. Let's understand that confession is faith's way of expressing itself. It's like saying that you want the wet without the water. It's not going to happen. Okay, because faith is of the heart. And let's face it, it's like love. And love without expression, without words, without action is not love at all. So you can't reason people into love. You can't reason people out of love. And faith is of the heart or of the spirit as well. And faith like love will grow with our confession. And remember this, our confession is gonna do two things for us. The first thing it's gonna do, it's gonna pinpoint our location because we're gonna compare ourselves to the word of God and how far we have to go to get to what the Lord wants us to be. Am I right? The next thing is it's going to set our boundaries because if we're going to say we can't do something, we can't. But if we say we can, we can. So we're going to understand that whether we speak belief or unbelief, whatever it is we speak, that is what's going to bind us. It's either going to broaden our boundaries or it's going to reduce them. And unfortunately, there are many Christians that are, are weak. They love God, they're sincere, but the reason they are weak in their faith is because they are not speaking God's word over their lives, family. And that's what we need to do. We need to remember that our faith is not going to grow beyond our confession. I mean, and daily, we need to speak the word over our lives on a daily, daily basis. And understand this, you know, we, just those things that Jesus has done for us. He's at the right hand of the Father. What the mighty Holy Spirit is doing on the inside of us, family, that's what's going to grow us. And when that happens, we will not be afraid of any circumstance. We will not be afraid of disease. We're not going to be afraid of any condition because we know that we are more than conquerors. But you've got to know, we will never even be a conqueror until we believe it. Amen. One E is that confession is made unto. So the confessions of our faith will cause the desired realities that we want in our lives. So we spoke about Romans 10 and verse 10. And Paul said this, with the heart man believes and with the mouth confession is made unto. 
And that unto can actually be whatever it is that we are believing God for. And in this case, he's speaking about salvation. So I want to talk about, let's talk about salvation for a minute. A man who wants to be saved, okay? He has to believe, first of all, in his heart that Jesus is Lord. Amen? And then he's got to believe that God raised him from the dead. Why? Because the Bible says it. Then he must confess with his mouth what he believes in his heart, that Jesus died for him according to the scriptures, and Jesus was raised from the dead for his justification. Then he must confess Jesus as his Lord with his mouth because he believes it in his heart, and then, according to the word, he is saved. And the same thing really happens to everything if we would speak it out because that is the law of faith. And that is how we get our, our prayers answered. So it's with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation and unto all the blessings of God. Right? So that's what, we, what the Bible says who we are, who we are in Christ, what we have. Even though, family, it doesn't seem real at that moment. It's what we're going to do. We're not going to take sides against God's word, Right? because that makes God to be a liar. So we start confessing, yes, it's mine. I speak what the Bible says and I receive it into my life. Thank you, Jesus. Amen? Now, family, if we continue to do that, when we start speaking the word over our lives all the time, what that's going to do, that in itself is going to make a difference in the way that we are thinking. My second point is thinking God's thoughts. Now, I said before, if our confession is wrong, then our believing is wrong. If our believing is wrong, it's because our thinking is, is wrong, and therefore we need to know what God's Word says. Let me say, we need to dare to think God's thoughts, and we know this Bible contains God's thoughts, and we know that God's Word says in Isaiah 55 and verse 9, God's thoughts are above us. Let me read it. It says, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And sometimes we read something in the Bible, and our mind does a bit of a tilt, right? But the Word works, and it works by saying, and it works by praying. Mark eleven twenty two, right? So Jesus answered and said to them, listen to this, have faith in God or have the God kind of faith. The Amplified in verse 24 says this, for this reason I'm telling you, whatever you ask in prayer, listen to this, believe, trust, and be confident that it is granted to you and you will get it. So that's what we've got to do. We've got to trust and be confident that we've got it. The greatest things, family, will happen to us when we get to that point where we're actually walking in this faith realm, in this spiritual realm, where we speak God's word and it happens. In other words, don't wait till we get sick and then start speaking the word because now we want to try and get better. Speak the word all the time and we stay well all the time. Now, at the moment, I mean, when, when you start doing that, your physical senses, your mind, your intellect kind of wants to keep you in this natural realm because, you know, it's a comfort zone. But we need to change that. That's the reason that we need to renew our minds, that we walk in the spiritual realm because we are spirits. We are supposed to live in that realm. So I want to give you now some things that if we do this, we can actually hijack our own faith. By speaking the wrong thing. My point number three is wrong thinking, believing, and confessing. Now, let's understand that if we confess the wrong thing, we're actually confessing defeat and failure 
and even maybe the supremacy of Satan. I mean, if we talk about how Satan is hindering me, you know, and how Satan is keeping me from success and how he's holding me in bondage and how he's keeping me sick, it's a confession of defeat. And such confessions, family, are gonna glorify the devil. Confessions that glorify the devil are not are the wrong confessions. Remember this, that our confession proclaiming the truth that we have accepted wholeheartedly, it's declaring something we know to be true and it is stating something that we believe. So if we're believing that that's happening to us and that's what we're speaking about, that's what we're bringing into our life. So beware the testimonies that we give do not glorify the devil rather than God. I remember some years ago, I heard somebody giving a testimony and she was saying, you know, the devil's been asking me the whole week, bless his holy name. I'm like, what's with that? Now, I mean, I know she got herself a bit mixed up and said the wrong thing. But in the first place, I mean, think about this. When we stand up and we say, look what God has done in my life, we bring glory to God. Surely if we say, look how the devil's hindering me, harassing me, doing this to me, surely it's bringing glory to the devil. So family, we've got to be careful of that because a wrong confession is an unconscious declaration that our Father God is failing us. We don't want to do that. It will sap the very life out of us. It destroys our faith. It keeps us in bondage. The confession of our lips that's grown out of our faith full of, our heart full of faith will defeat the devil every single time. But on the other hand, the confession of Satan's ability to hinder us and to keep us, keep us from the success God has for us will give him dominion over us. Remember, with our mouth, we're either going to give God dominion in our lives or we're going to give Satan place in our, in our lives. Think about it. When we got born again, we confessed the lordship of Jesus. Am I right? We confessed him to be Lord over our lives. In other words, we gave him dominion to work through our lives. In the same way, when we start talking about the things the devil's done in our lives or doing in our lives, we are actually giving him lordship and dominion in our lives because we are giving him glory. Remember this. Satan is the god of this world. We see this in 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 4. He doesn't need a second invitation. He doesn't need a second invitation. He's a legalist and he will take his place even if we do it unconsciously and in ignorance. So we need to make sure we stand on the line. And what happens? And he brings weakness and fear. That's the bad news. What's the good news? 3A, we will not, we will not accept that, family. We are not going to accept that. We do not confess fear. We resist it. That's 3A. Conf do not confess fear. Resist it. Someone said, what if I'm afraid? Well, actually, if you're a born-again Christian, you're not afraid. You know why? Because 2 Timothy 1 and verse 7 says, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. And let me tell you that fear cannot rise up on the inside of a Christian because God is in there. It's something trying to hit you from the outside. We have a spirit of power. You need to speak it out. We need to confess. What we confess will dominate us. We need to recognize that God has not given us that spirit of fear. We need to stand our ground against the enemy. The Bible instructs us. We heard apostles here this morning, James 4 verse 7. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Amen. So we need to speak to that spirit of fear. Let me tell you, it is a spirit 
So when you want to get rid of it, it may give you a bit of a hard time, but you stand firm. And the more you do it, the more he'll just, you'll run away. You stand firm on the word because that's ultimately ultimate authority. Let's also just remember that that spiritual maturity, like physical maturity, it doesn't happen overnight. We've got to feed on the word. And that is what's going to mature us, family. Three Bs, don't confess. Doubt. Doubt is also an enemy, family. It's, it's like dope. It's contraband goods for a Christian. We've got no place for dope, in, for dope or for doubt in our lives. All right? And as a Christian, you are not full of doubt. We may be tempted to doubt. Okay? And if you're tempted to doubt, resist the devil and he will flee from you. So we put the devil to flight. Remember, you are a believer. You're a new creature. You are born again Christian. You are anointed and appointed of God himself. You gotta talk it. You gotta believe it. You gotta think it. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You know that doubt and fear are known to be the tormenting twins of the enemy. And when we confess that, as I said, we're actually speaking, giving them dominion and place in our lives. We need to boldly confess what God has for us and who we are in Christ. Family, when we do that, I'm telling you, we will rise above everything. And for goodness sake, don't brag about how the devil is hindering us. We are faith children of a faith God and all we've got to do is praise God for what he's done in our lives. Amen? So 3C is don't confess our sickness. We're gonna confess our healing. Amen. There are so many healing scriptures in the Bible. And all we have to say is, what does God have to say about the subject of healing? Let me give you a few. Okay. So one of them is in 1 Peter 2, 24, with the stripes of Jesus, you are healed. The Bible tells us in Isaiah 53 and verse 4, surely he has borne our sicknesses and carried our diseases. Matthew 8, 17 says, himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. I could go on and on and on the whole night. So instead of confessing what we're feeling, let's confess what the Bible says. And people are so, let me tell you, they'd much rather tell you of how sore it is, how horrible it feels, what the doctor said, how bad it is. So the question is this, do you want sympathy or healing? You know, I was thinking about that when I was preparing this. Nowhere in the Bible does it say Jesus sympathized with anybody. It says he, he was filled with love and compassion and then he healed people. So that's what we should use. The reason we miss it is that we take the, our, our testimony from our physical senses instead of taking the testimony of what God has given us, family. So if we would just speak it out. You see, we're not gonna look at it from a natural standpoint, but even if you do that, let's understand God will never ever overrule our will. If we don't wanna be healed, He's not gonna force it on us. I mean, if you're sick and you, you've gotta make that decision to go to the doctor, to get the medicine, to drink the medicine. In the same way, when we come to God, we come with the heart of anticipation to receive His Word, to speak His Word, to make sure that we receive our healing from His Word. Amen. And that is how we build our faith. So my last point tonight that I want to talk about is don't confess your sins and your weaknesses. Confess God's forgiveness. Believers always confessing his sins and his weaknesses. He's actually building weakness and failure and sin into his consciousness. I mean, if we sin, we know what the Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, it says, confess your sins 
And God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And once we've made that confession of sin, then don't, just don't refer to it again. It's not even past history, because past history can be recalled. I mean, God says in His Word, He says, I, even I, am He that blotteth out thy transgressions and will remember your sins no more. That's in Isaiah 43 and verse 25. Now, if God's not gonna remember it, why are you remembering it? God has already blotted it out, so let's not go back and remind God of those things. And you know, unfortunately, some people talk themselves right out of faith. I mean, when they pray, they bring up every sin, every shortcoming, every failure, every mistake, everything that they can possibly think of to accuse themselves. Family, that's not humility. I mean, when they finish condemning themselves, they've got no faith left at all because they're actually holding themselves under so much condemnation. So what should we confess? We're gonna confess everything. We confess to say, well, God has forgiven me of my sin. I am free. I'm completely cleansed. I stand pure and righteous before my God. Amen. And if that devil comes and says to you, oh, but you did, you say to him, listen, God doesn't remember it, neither do I. End of story. But family, I'm gonna just go back. I'd like to just ask you right now, just to close your eyes for a moment. I want you just to think about the price that Jesus paid for us, for what he's given us. Just say thank you to the Lord for making you who you are. You are a born again Christian. You are a child of God. And maybe there's somebody here tonight and I was speaking about how to receive salvation. You may have thought at that time, wow, I actually never did that. I actually never got to a point where, you know, yes, I believe that Jesus, you know, is Lord, but I've never made him my personal Lord and Savior. I've never actually made that declaration. I want to just give you that opportunity tonight to be able to say, I am born again. I receive the Word of God. Jesus is the living Word and He is living inside of me. That He has made a place for you for eternity to live with Him. And if you've never done that, I want to ask you right now, well, in a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand because maybe, maybe you have done it before. Maybe you heard this Word tonight and thought, well, not quite where I should be with the Lord. And I really would like to just rededicate and make sure that my life is 100% right with God. Maybe you're just not even sure that you've got a place in heaven. and Perhaps perhaps somebody you know passed away recently and you've got to stop to think and say, wow, if that was me, would I go to heaven? Would I make it to heaven? If I stood before Jesus and he said to me, why should I let you in? Would I know the right answer? I'm going to just count to three right now. And if you want to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I'm going to ask you at the count of three to raise your hand just so that we can see where you are and that I can pray with you. You want to rededicate your life to the Lord, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand as well. Or if you really want to just be sure you've got a place in heaven, I'm going to count right now, one, two, three, wherever you are, just raise your hand up right there where you are. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This is like the most important decision you make of your whole life. Thank you, Lord. Their hands going up in the other auditoriums, right there where you're online. Just raise your hand. The Lord will see it. That's the most important thing is that God will see where you are. Just raise up your hand. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm going to ask everybody just to say this prayer with me right now. And as you say it, you know you've gone through these steps. 
to receive Jesus as your personal Lord. Just say, Father God, thank you for sending Jesus. He paid the price for me in full. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you took all my sin, all my shame. And as I receive you right now, as my personal Lord and Savior, I thank you that I become a child of God, that I can live my life for you, Lord, that I can live my life according to your word, Father. Thank you for this amazing blessing. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. Thank you.